My name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. And you're listening to episode 43 of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. Uh, we're happy to uh, be recording again and ha- happy that you've decided to listen again. It always gives us a little bit of a thrill, like, yay! Our friends, our followers, they're listening! Thanks our for listening. family is supporting us. It, it makes us happy. If we could, we would hug you all, but we can't because it's hard to hug over internet. <laughs> internet. <laughs> so I do. I do want to uh, welcome any new listeners to the to the show. Um, we are glad that you can uh, hear us today and uh, just join in on the fun. And there is fun to be had. So heck yeah. Uh, so, well, let's talk about the fun things we've been into this week. Pam, I know you, you get excited about things, so let's start with you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I got into WandaVision, and I so miss Marvel. I know we, we were talking about in a past episode on how that, that there is a lull of superhero um, shows in general. So WandaVision is on Disney Plus. It's the newest Marvel TV show. Oh, and it, it started off really good. Yeah. Think of it as a very good fishing trip. They know how to bait you. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I've seen it on my Disney Plus and people keep talking about it, but <laughs> I I don't know. It's like I don't know what to make of it. See, that's the thing. Apparently, a lot of people don't. Like, they start watching it like, wow, this is really good. Something's just off. I will let you know that the aesthetic, you know, how in the preview is there, like, in set in, what, the 70s and then the 80s and then just different shows of, like, past decades. There is a reason why it's set like that. Unlike other shows, like, like, um... The newest Wonder Woman movie. The, it had an 80s vibe, but it didn't really help with anything in the story. Right. Oh, so I'm just yeah. saying it's it's past an aesthetic thing. It's actually why. It adds to the mystery. Yeah, like I've, I've heard that um, a lot of the scenes, it's like they're in these specific genres and these specific settings. And it's like there, there are these wholesome settings, but you could just tell there's something just slightly off about them that mm-hmm. leaves that leaves it just a little unsettling. Yeah, and it just and... kind of draws you in more. I haven't seen it myself yet, but I really, really want to, so I'm probably gonna watch that pretty soon. The newest, the fourth episode, which was released yesterday, the 29th. Oh, it, it answers so many questions, but also it still leaves enough mystery to get you, you know, wanting to, the next episode. Um, nice. But even, you know what? Even if you don't know what's going on with, like, the Marvel movies and everything, if you like, if you like, you know, the Brady Bunch or I Love Lucy, like those type of oldie shows, the acting is actually quite well. It encapsulates ca- what of those past um I think what really bothers me about that show is the dude. Vision? Robot. Vision? 
Yeah, because it kind of distorts my my. When I grew up, I did watch the Brady Bunch. I did watch the Dick Van Dyke show. I did watch My Three Sons because there was something called Nick at Night. Yeah. <laughs> and, and watching this sort of like, I don't know how I feel about that. It just feels so off. Yeah, that's, that's part of what it's supposed to do. It's like it's taking these settings, these these uh, old shows, so these, these vibes, but considering you know about the Marvel Universe, it's meant to be slightly unsettling being in those settings. It's it's meant to throw you off a little bit and just kind of draw you in by throwing you off. Oh boy. Right. And it's, it's also it also throws in a little bit for those that uh read the comics. Um especially those that read the comic book House of M. Um people are saying that this would be a great way for uh Marvel to introduce mutants. That's a different story, though. Kiki, kiki, kiki. But um, if you do want to watch WandaVision, I would su- suggest you watch the last, the last Marvel movie, which is Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. I think that I, I I strongly suggest people watch that and then watch WandaVision. Yeah, you don't have to. Every... It's, it's just it's just refreshing your memory of what happened okay yes. refreshing because i was like i don't know anybody who hasn't watched endgame he yeah so. it's been a while though <laughs> i mean that movie was released when two years ago because i was very glad when when iron man finally died oh Edwin! yes that's right i Edwin! said it Edwin! i said it spoilers <laughs> come on it's already been you two you have that was heartless, Edwin. That was heartless. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. Edwin. Tony Stark. Edwin. Tony Stark. Oh my gosh. Like, that guy just bothered the crap out of me. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> anyway, shifting <laughs> gears. Hey, Edwin, what have you been up to? Besides spoiling. I've. If, if someone doesn't things. know that. That Edwin, I'm just saying you you're saying know mean by things now. now. You should know by now. You're okay. saying mean things now. Go on anyways, with what you were doing. Anyways, I uh, what I've been doing. I'm clipping here a little bit. Um, what I've been I've been watching a lot of television too because I went on vacation about a week ago. Uh, actually, two weeks ago I started my vacation, and it it gave me the chance to catch up on The Expanse. And if you haven't seen The Expanse on Prime, because I think that's the only place that's showing it right now, go watch it. Because it is... I mean, if there was any closer to a like a science fiction movie that was close to the point of like real, you know, what would happen if, if humans actually could travel, you know, you know, light, you know, close to light speed, this would be it. And they don't, they don't mince around. Like, like there's gravity, there's, you know, there's space and how that, 
what happens to your body if you if you uh you know go outside without a without a suit you know and how ships travel and just the whole dynamic between earth mars and the ast- the people who live on the asteroid belt in that entire dynamic nice is is very original in my book. I have not seen anything very nice in that in that spectrum. I mean it's and it's a little gritty but it's I mean it's one of those shows where if I mean I think they got 5 seasons now, but start from the beginning. If you start the show in the middle or in the beginning of the last uh season you're gonna get lost because there's so much stuff that that that's being built okay edwin here's the big question though is it angela safe no oh (laughs) that's okay i think i think we learn right now that edwin has his show and angela will just join me with geeking out over wandavision (laughs) yeah I, i i will Joining but me. yeah, I mean, it's 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 something to be had. It's a great show. It's one of my favorite shows. It's probably my. It's probably I would say my favorite science fiction right now is that. I'm sorry. Where was it? It's where on, can it's on? Streamed? It's on Prime and it's playing on 4K UHD. So on Prime, so you will the space. Um, cinematography, all that stuff, like the CGI, looks great. <laughs> so awesome. So Angela, what about you? What have you been up to? Well, apparently, while Edwin's been watching shows that are not Angela's safe, <laughs> I've been taking up a new game uh, really? online. Yeah, there was. I heard about this game uh, through a uh, a. Uh, discord friend of mine we're on some of the same um discord communities and this person told me about this game called raft hmm okay now it's on steam and on steam it says it's still under development so they're still adding new features um but it is pretty neat so far the thing to be cautious with though um there there is Raft, and then there's a copycat version. The one that I'm playing is the one that sells for about $20 US. The other one sells for about $10 US. And from what I understand, the copycat one, which is called Surviving Raft, but you know, it, the big letters mm-hmm. in the image are Raft. Because, you know, trying to cop, trying to copycat, trying to, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, capitalize on confusion. Uh, but apparently that copycat version is getting less than great reviews. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's also, it was also apparently published a year after this one was originally published. Okay. Um, and like I said, this, this one is saying that it's still under development. And yeah, so there, there are some things that are a little janky, um, some glitches. They recently added... Stop laughing, Edwin. Keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. Anyway, so they recently added a third-person view. Like, it didn't start out with one. But by okay. the time I got in it, they had a third-person view added. 
So there's a few things that don't quite work right while in third person view. Okay. Like everything works just fine in first person. Third person is a little glitchy, but okay. it's it's like you're on this raft. You're in this world that basically is almost entirely covered in water. Okay. You're on this raft mostly by yourself. And as you float along, you have this hook and you reel in uh, supplies to help make your raft larger, nicer, uh, survive on it, you make it easier to survive. You get your water system set up, you get your food system set up. You have to actually pay attention to the water and the food so you don't die. Uh, there's a shark that's in the water like almost constantly. Everybody okay. names their shark different things. Apparently, the online community calls it um, Bruce. Probably, I, th I think that's the name from... Was that the Jaws shark, Bruce? The animatronics shark? I have was no it? idea. I don't know. I I, I, <laughs> I, I think that's where they got it from. IMDb or something. I thought it was a Finding Nemo reference, but I could be maybe, wrong. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But, okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, so apparently the online community in general calls that shark Bruce, but other people name their sharks different things, like... Uh, there was that one uh, reviewer who called their shark Grace. What was that? <laughs> what was that YouTube channel? Oh, let's uh, let's game, game it out. It, yeah, let's game it out. Yeah, or so, game it out. I forgot who the who the creator is. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but that he tries to break games is basically yeah. what he does. So that person calls their shark Grace. I have made. I have named my shark Dave. Because okay. reasons that I'll have to tell you after the show. Um, <laughs> Edwin has probably figured out why I would have named it Dave. Uh, but yeah, it's... it's I'm having fun with it. Um, and the online friend has played it with me. There are options to actually play on a raft as a community. Where you're oh. just like, hey, I'm going to link you to my raft. Come play on my raft. So anything that they anything that they bring in while they're in the game stays there apparently. If they put it in your storage, it stays there. If they leave and it's in their pockets, it stays with them. But they come in with nothing and they basically leave nothing behind. Okay. So it's like they're visiting and that's that's it. It's like they can affect your raft and you can affect their raft if you go to theirs. And it's it it could be fun. We, but me and this uh, online friend that played with me for a little while, we went and we landed ourselves on a little island, anchored ourselves, and I explored the land while they went and dove and killed Dave a couple times. <laughs> I ended up with a. Wait a minute! So Dave just keeps coming back. Oh yeah, Dave responds. He like after Dave gets killed. You end up with apparently a few shark steaks, uh, a couple other shark pieces, and a shark's head that can be worn as a hat. That's so basically Dave is like, like Jason Voorhees, and yeah, you, I, <laughs> for I, I guess guys, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. So, but once once your shark gets killed. You have about five minutes before it respawns. 
It's Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th in shark form is basically what that is. And the shark tries to eat your raft. So Edwin is basically going to name his his shark Jason Jason Voorhees. (laughs) If Edwin starts playing, I'm sure he'll name his shark Jason. Because if he's, yeah, because if he's just going to respond again, it's like you can't kill this thing. I mean that, that sounds that sounds like that sounds like a like a slasher movie waiting to happen. <laughs> okay. Awesome. But yeah, I I've, I've been having fun with it. Um apparently the game is also uh roguelike. So if you die in the game, any inventory that you had in your pockets is gone. That's like every other city like survival game. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it is a survival game, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and eventually... Eventually, once you get enough things, you do eventually start to get a story in it. I haven't hit that point yet, just because I'm just mostly having fun and, and building my raft figure. But it does eventually get a story to it. Speaking of games, right? Uh-huh. I don't know if I said this last episode, but I, started, I was playing Ark. Oh, you started playing Ark, okay. Ark Survival, right? Okay. Yeah. Let me just tell you something about that game. It's a survival game, right? Uh-huh. Not, you know, not unlike Raft, except for you're actually on land. Mm-hmm. I don't know what world is dinosaurs, but it's not really dinos like prehistoric. And ro- dinos and like, robo dinos. Yeah, there's robo dinos. Let me tell you something about that game, right? I'm building a house, right? A hut. A simple hut, yes. But every time a dinosaur, especially man-eating dinosaur, that comes to me and starts killing me with one swoop. <laughs> How frustrating is that? <laughs> like I, I was about to throw my computer one at one point because it took me like six tries to just to build a stupid hut without getting killed. And this Did was on check? this was on this was on single player mode too. This wasn't the oh. <laughs> full on survival. You know, like <laughs> let's go online and play with other people that could probably gank you. Well, I was about to say there are areas where it's if you're low level, you you can go here. I, I don't know if your map differs from mine, but usually the south is the safest and yes. as you go more north, it go it, yeah, it the goes island. Higher. The the island map. <laughs> That's like the standard map, I guess, in, in the game. But yeah, I just want to say, yeah, that game, that really, oh, jeez, <laughs> it makes me want to just like poop a big turd or something, you know? Well, just... it did. In my experience with Ark, it did take me a while to realize, oh, I'm cold. I should probably make stuff to make clothes. I should make a fire. I have to eat. There are dodos that I could kill for food and yeah, i was like oh by, i could do that by the way how cute can those dodos be and i have to kill it <laughs> i'm serious they're just like oh, whatever i'm just minding my own business <laughs> all of a sudden like crap i gotta kill it because i gotta eat yeah so, so like, edwin i mean i'm like punching it with my bare hands no i, I sincerely hope that you didn't try to tackle on an alligator no time. no no i didn't because I think Good. the alligator ate me once I was swimming across the freaking <laughs> lagoon. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, you're uh, you're totally gonna get eaten by a shark. We, <laughs> the things that we learn when playing video games, I think it is for the greater good. <laughs> Anyways, there's my rant. 
okay. for well, this episode. Well, speaking about games, here's something that's only vaguely connected. All right, I've got, I've got a question, so I, um, I, I need you to tell me a thing. Is that really a thing? Hey, what you mean by that? Okay. Loosely connected. Huh? Loosely connected. Yeah. So okay. So GameStop. <laughs> like. Edwin laughs. Yeah, GameStop has made the stock market news. Something about like Reddit and stock prices skyrocketing for GameStop. What is going on with? What just, happened? It just reminds me of that one scene with Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting, you know, asking that dude, like, how, you know, like, do you like apples? You know, do you like apples? Do you like apples? The dude goes, goes, yeah, I like apples. It's like, well, I got her number. How do you like them apples? You know, it's like that. And it's basically what consumer stock, you know, normies really did to the... You know, to these hedge fund guys or these like guys who live on stocks, you know, that does this for a living and just basically like played it at their own game. Nice. <laughs> okay. Now, so, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Pam. Well, I was about to say, well, why don't we start off with how this started out? Okay. From what I understand that it began on Reddit. It began on Reddit, and I guess someone found out that, you know, like, found a way to, like, just majorly mess with short sellers and spread it, or spread it on whatever Reddit community there was where this started and said to other Redditors, like, hey, let's get on this, you know, like, if you, you invest $50 on on this stock, right? And GameStop, we can seriously, you know, like we can make a lot of money. And I don't know, I don't know what that conversation was on Reddit, but all we know is that this started on Reddit and they drove up the GameStop stock and on a number of other stocks, including was it AMC, Bed Bath and Beyond, like these failing companies because of COVID. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Because nobody's going to the theaters. Nobody's shopping, you know, an unnecessary or or other places, right? GameStop. Well, Bed Bath and Beyond, you know, it's it's big for like wedding registries. Yeah. Uh yeah. And nobody's having weddings really this Yeah, not real know, big ones anyway. Not real big ones. Right. And then in GameStop, right? Who buys games at GameStop really at this point when you can get it like on Steam or whatever or or PlayStation Store or you know or the internet? I mean, but anyways, be that as it may, you know, it's there. You know, these were ripe candidates for shorting stocks. You know, what is shorting a stock? You know, and. What basically that is, is you're making a deal with other people by borrowing a stock, right? From your broker or whoever, right? Right. And, and you know, and, say, and selling it or, you know, selling it to other people. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. For the stock, you know, for the stock value. Uh-huh. At that point, right? Right. And you're 
getting that 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 money from that sale and if that stock goes down like let's say fifty dollars to twenty dollars mm-hmm. right uh-huh. and you tell and you're gonna buy you know so you buy it for 50 you, you sell it for 50 right uh-huh and then you're gonna turn around your broker and you buy it for you know you buy it for 20 you just made 30 bucks Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Right. And that's what it is. And but if that if that stock is actually higher than the fifty dollars, in this case, as of I've seen it for even for GME game stocks ticker at three hundred and twenty six dollars a stock. Oof. Right. Wait. What? What was price was it when this started out? This was like at $19. Okay, so it started at $19. <laughs> so these hedge funds borrowed the stocks and sold them at $19. Yeah. And then it went up to how much? 326 Holy. They're losing billions of dollars because they have to buy it at that price now. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? And that's the... That's what's... You know, that's why that this is such a big deal mm-hmm. because people are saying stock manipulation or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. But there was nothing illegal about this. Like in mind's eye, because you're just buying a stock, mm-hmm. right? You didn't do insider trading. You didn't do any of that stuff because nobody was, you know, nobody was in the know in terms of like inside the company for something, right? This mm-hmm. was just a bunch of guys or a bunch of people, right? Saying, hey, let's, you know, let's buy into this stock and see, you know, and I bet we can drive up that stock and get the, you know, and just mess up these, you know, short, short sellers' lives. <laughs> and now it's like, the, the the bad part about this I think is that depending on like where you where your where your retirement accounts are, where your you know, whether it's a four oh one or whatever, you know, and whatever portfolio those things are tied to, mm-hmm. it may affect that. Right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is it your fault that you did that, right? No, because you don't control your portfolio when it comes to a four hundred one k. The only thing you really can control is like what, you know, like what the level of risk. Level of risk do you want, right? Right. So the that's you know to me that's the sad part. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like you know if there was any way like you know you know set aside politics. Or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. If there was any way that Main Street wanted to show up the Wall Street people, mm-hmm. this was the way to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they were playing at their own game. Yeah. You know, and now it's becoming a really big deal because Robinhood and the other trading houses were consumers, right? Uh-huh. Because when it comes to stock trading, it is so easy now to get into the game. Uh-huh. All you got to do is open up a Robinhood account. Uh, was it the other one? The one that's being like a Scott Trade account, uh-huh. you know? Or whatever. You know, like these things, these online trading uh-huh. sites. 
it's so easy now. You all you gotta do is like put in like fifty bucks, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and open up your account, and you're trading. And it's the bar to get into the game is so low now, right? That people can do this. Right. Whereas if you were talking about in the eighties, the only way you can actually do it is if you had like. You know, a five thousand dollar bank account that you can you know that you can open up a a trading account with mm-hmm. at a minimum, right? Right. Now you don't even have to do that anymore. That's what's so amazing about this is because people finally found out how to do this. But Robinhood and the other trading houses they shut it down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. whether or not that's right or wrong, you know, you're literally shutting people out from from doing something that is perfectly legal yeah now now congress is trying to you know like investigating and stuff like that into these things and there's class action lawsuits now against Robinhood for shutting them out well now there's also so, a discussion is is the free market really a free market exactly and, and and that's unfortunately not a discussion for our show no yeah it's not but that's what happened and it's just so and guess what i mean here's the thing too this year is probably the the if there was any year that did this it would probably have been 2020 20 mm-hmm. early 2021 because guess what happened a lot of people got stimulus money mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they had yeah. the extra money right even though that was you know well the extra money is supposed to like stimulate like stimulate well, the economy I, I think like because personal opinions um i'll try not to get into it but you know in some people's cases they weren't sure what the future would hold so they were holding on to it because they needed it in case of emergency right um that's common sense right yeah Mm -hmm. like some people had no choice but to spend it right away but those who had saved it for emergency they probably my guess is that there were enough of them who were fed up enough with what was going on that they were like you know what I'm in. Yeah, you get enough people. You get enough people to invest fifty bucks. Yep. Right. Which I don't know how big the Reddit community is, but I'm sure it's more than a thousand people. You know. It's, yeah. Um, it's, let's let's wrap up this yeah. topic though. Um, with one last thing, I found uh a through Google, I found a New York Times article that there's a ten year old kid who who is from San Antonio his mother bought him $60 of stocks in 2019 he sold it during all this and banked over $3000 that's a smart kid yeah <laughs> yeah so he that kid's got a future he made bank it, it it is really impressive. Good going, kid. There's no age limitations with stocking. I think legally to purchase it for yourself, you have to be 18 or older. Yeah, but I think. this was a gift. Yeah. From- so the kid, oh, okay. did, the kid did not buy his own stocks. Yeah. So an, a legal adult did buy them for him and probably had to do the sale for him. But they were his stocks. Well, it is quite wise. I mean, I guess this kid now has a sense of how what it's like to invest <laughs> well that this kid also have has a savings account now i'll bet i didn't read the full article but that's like way to go kid this, that is that's a good jump start on a 
that's a, and an education savings account. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so kid from San Antonio who made bank, good luck to you. That's excellent. Um yeah, so let's move on and talk about some food that we ate. But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common, and that is the serving of food. It's still fresh. But I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. Okay, so we had ourselves basically a blind date with takeout and delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sent... Pam, did, where did we send you? You sent me over to Bonsai Korean Cuisine in Chanhassen. And what did you think of that? <laughs> Thank you, is what I have to say. Thank you. Yes! Because, um, yeah, so, so my husband and I went to there. We actually ate in the car. Um... But uh, the lady that that uh, brought out our dishes, she was so nice. She was so cute. <laughs> um, so we just ate in the car. And, um, well, okay. So my husband, let's see here. He, he ordered the spicy chicken wings appetizers. Yeah. Because he, he, likes, he likes his spicy chicken wings. And, he, um... He actually, he thought that it wasn't like he've had he had spicier uh, chicken wings, but this had the just the right amount of of kick to it. It was sweet. It was spicy. Um, the the meat was crispy, which oh, that was so good. <laughs> um, and then he also ordered the. Uh, pardon me if I don't pronounce it properly the bibimbap 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 uh, bibimbap bibimbap yep. so, <laughs> so it's basically for those that don't know what bibimbap is it's basically it's served with like a bowl of rice and then on top it's your protein um he chose beef along with uh what bean sprouts uh carrots uh zucchini and then a sunny side up egg that's that was good. that was actually very good. I was expecting it to have a a kick to it. it. It did come with a side of hot sauce, which he just pour over. It still wasn't as spicy as the spicy chicken wings, but it was really good. Very sweet. Um, he gave both dishes um, an eighteen. That was really good. And what did you give it, Pam? Oh, I gave it no. Uh, same. same. So eighteen for both of you. Yes. Excellent. So that was his dish. Oh, that was his dish. Those were his dishes. Mine was the, uh, I can't say it, the the mandu, which is uh, the Korean dumplings. Um, It was pork dumplings, and it was served on like a, it's not, it's more than just soy sauce, but it's soy sauce based, I would say. Um, That one was cooked. That one was good. Um, there wasn't really anything outstanding about it. It's your typical dumplings. Um, that was that I would give a seventeen. And the one that I I tried, it was I'm not gonna pronounce the Korean. I'm so sorry, but um, it's basically sautéed squid with vegetables in a spicy Korean chili sauce. Oh, and Angela's it, all over that. 
I'm drooling. And, <laughs> and well, I thought of Angela because when I ordered it online, it had five levels of spicy. I got a little bit over my head. I was like, okay, well, um, I'm pretty good with spicy, so I chose level two. <laughs> oh. Level two. I should have. Well, no, I know, I know. She probably would have had a bre- breeze with level five. But All the way was, up. But I was like, I was like, whoo, whoo. I mean, it was so good. I mean, despite you know being my mouth on fire, hmm. is is that uh, the squid wasn't too chewy. That's sometimes squid isn't. Yeah. Yeah. If it's overcooked, you need to chew a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But oh my God. And the squid that they serve it with, it's like huge. It's nice. like, did you, did Is you it? kill like a baby giant squid or something? Because the tentacles <laughs> were long. They had to cut oh, it three. So it's times. whole squid. Whole oh, yeah. squid. Edwin. It goes all oh, over yeah. that. Edwin. <laughs> I want it. So and <laughs> yep, and so it's it it's just perfect. Served with a side of white rice to counteract with the spice. So good. It was burning, but it was a good type of burn. And I had to um bring over some leftovers and um I thought that you know with the spice it would become spicier cuz sometimes with some spices the longer it sits the more spicy it gets. Right. Um I, I had it the next day. It wasn't, I wouldn't say that it was more spicy. It was about the same as when it was, uh, when I first had it. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> that was good. That was really good. And it's been a while since I had anything Korean. So I think overall we gave it an 18. Awesome. Nice. And well, I really wanted to try their, uh, I th- they had mochi ice cream there too, but um, that wouldn't last in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was. Uh, you could just put it on top of your roof. I think it was like cold enough. <laughs> it could have, roof. Then we would have forgotten. And then we're like, oh, yeah, we had ice cream. <laughs> anyway, so that was Banzai Korean cuisine. What? Where did I send you guys? You sent us to Harvest African Market. Also uh, known as a diabetic's worst nightmare. Oh, but it was uh, so I good. Am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it okay, it was just it's basically rice and stuff on rice. You know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Edward, did it remind you of something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remind it's, me of Filipino food. Yeah, just rice and stuff on rice. Uh, <laughs> so the things we got, um, I can't even pronounce these. Well, one I, is jollof rice. Yeah, but try to figure out what exactly. Which the, I gotta say, Liberian jollof rice. Yeah, I've made jollof rice for a challenge for the show, right? And that was yeah. off of a of a recipe that I found in on the internet. And so I didn't really have anything to go with except for, you know, believing the guy on the internet t- teaching me how to make jollof rice, right? So to taste real jollof rice from it, a, from the African market, it it was an experience. It was an experience. It was actually different. It, 
at this one. The jollof rice um, came, like, you've got your jollof rice, and it's got, it had three drumsticks with it and yeah. a bunch of plantain chips. Uh, and it came with this itty-bitty container of sauce. <laughs> the mystery sauce. <laughs> mystery sauce. Okay. Edwin <laughs> tried it first. I was like, ooh, I wonder what this is. <laughs> That was a mistake, by the way. It was a it was a mistake. It was very very spicy. <laughs> so here he is. He's not gauging. He's not having me try it first. I'm just like, oh, here's some sauce. You want to try? He's like, yeah. It puts it on and tries. He's like, I hadn't even had a ton chance to even try my own food yet. He's okay. Like, That's hot. That was a mistake. It's hot. <laughs> it was a it was a big mistake because eating that made me want to eat more rice just to counteract the spice. <laughs> Which doesn't help things. Yeah, so he had too much rice, and then and then you were I I very much like the jollof rice, uh, and and the chicken. Uh, Edwin had one slight problem with it. The chicken. Yeah, the, the the jollof rice. You had one. Oh, problem Oh yeah, it. it was a little it was a little salty. So oh, okay. so it was a little salty. So to balance that out, he ended up just snacking on the plantain chips. Yeah. Whereas I went and grabbed a little bit of everything, so a little bit of plantain chip, a little bit of chicken, a little bit of rice, all on the. Well, there was couscous too. Yeah. Well, that was with a different dish. That was a different dish. Yeah, but I, but with the jollof rice, I grabbed a little bit of everything to have on my fork and put it in my mouth, and everything together just really, really went well. And when I got to try this sauce. Like, it has a good flavor. Yes, it's really, really hot, but it does have good flavor to it. Uh, okay. So for that, and then um, the other dish that we ordered was the... It was the fish. It, yeah, I'll, I'm going to mispronounce it horribly. I'm sorry. It was etieke <laughs> with plant, fried plantain and fish. It was couscous, um, a whole fried fish. It was a tilapia. We got we got the tilapia. That was good. Yeah, so whole fried fish, and it had this sauce on top of it. Uh, and again, with the plantain chips um, and teeny tiny container of that spicy hot, sauce. Yeah, of the hot sauce. I kept Did you the, try it, Angela? Oh, yes. I she, love that she hot kept, sauce. Yeah, she kept, the, kept hot the hot sauce. sauce. Oh, you kept the hot sauce. I kept the hot sauce. Um. And Edwin's shaking his head at me. <laughs> he thinks I'm ridiculous. Red should also... have given me a clue. Red, a small container of red sauce should have given me a clue. <laughs> but it also came with a sauce of the of the stuff that was on top of the fish. So when you flip the fish over to get to the meat on the other side, you could have the sauce on top of that too. Yeah. So okay. that was so good. <laughs> Oh man, like tilapia itself is very mild fish and that sauce that went on top of it. Oh, it had some some fresh vegetables in it too. Yep. So a little bit of a little bit of couscous, a little bit of fish, a little bit of the fresh vegetables, tiny bit of that hot sauce. Oh man, it was so good. <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed it. However, I, I do apologize for Edwin. So and no, then well, there was, the, it was the meat pie. We got we got the, and the meat, meat pie yeah. because I remember having what was it that uh, we went to an Ethiopian restaurant mm -hmm. a long time ago in Minneapolis, and I just remember like 
these meat pies that that I just loved. And I remember having a like way back when I was in college, there was this African like African guy who spoke French and was a tutor for French and I was taking French in in, in, in college at the time. And I that was the first time I've ever had like these like meat pies and pastry and I just like fell in love with it. So when I saw that on the on the on the menu, I had to get it. I was just like, if anything, I'll just get that right. The problem I had, right, and I'm trying to stay off the sugar, right? <laughs> I'm trying to stay off of sugar, right? Because yeah, you know, like I've got you know, I got the beatus in me right now. So <laughs> This whole experience with jollof rice and the couscous and the heat and more jollof rice because I had to get rid of the <laughs> get rid of the burn on my mouth, right? I think I would have done better if I just went outside and buried my head in the snow. <laughs> um Yeah, it messed me up. <laughs> it just messed me up. And I was like, I gotta go to the doctor. <laughs> so that was that was probably the last time I get something like that in a very very long time. Yeah, but overall, I took one for the podcast, people. <laughs> I took one for the podcast. It was so delicious, though. What did you score, it, Edwin? I actually had a score of fifteen. Cause. Yeah, because he was salty, and it was salty. yeah. Yeah, Edwin found the jollof rice to be a bit salty. Uh, I actually enjoyed the amount of salt that was in the jollof rice, so my overall score for things was an eighteen. I I really enjoyed it a lot. I did like I, the I put, fish. Yeah, that was good. I, I, I may have put that hot sauce and everything, so including the meat pie. So she probably, did. hey, you might want to not touch anything. With the red sauce. Yeah. No, I just, I'm just like, that should have given me a clue. Red, <laughs> a red sauce like from an it, African restaurant that's teeny tiny little things. I mean, it looked like, I mean, it looked like, like communion cups to me, you know? Like, like if I, it maybe would have held a tablespoon of liquid. Okay. If it was, if it was, if you were to rate that spice, like level one to ten, ten being the spiciest, what would you rate it? I would probably give it a seven. Seven? Okay. Yeah. Because I've seen. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> it was a six or seven. Because ten for me was the time where I accidentally, I, 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 someone, we went to this like spice market trade thingy in the mall of america mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah yeah remember that yeah i don't know it, i don't know if it's it's still there but it's a I different it's there. there's a different well, one i don't know but I really don't know. like hey let's try the bomb right <laughs> my friends and i let's try the bomb it was like the hottest thing they had at the time and it was just like a little dab on a little in a large chip right all ate it and next thing you know we're running for dairy queen <laughs> you know and like we, were, I remember my buddy's face just beat red, <laughs> just beat red, and he was sweating like he looked like he just ran a marathon. Angela, 
What about you? I you- have a hard time rating things because skewed. You have pers- a high threshold. Cute, yeah, high, high threshold, threshold and skewed perspective. Like I was caught off guard. I I will say that because okay. like I've seen Edwin with spice and and like he reacts more strongly to spice than I do. So I was not expecting it to be as spicy as it was. But then I've also had things with ghost pepper in it. (laughs) The chili. Yes, the chili. You forgot about the chili? I forgot the chili at the church. Granted, ghost pepper is a delayed reaction. So, yeah, ghost ghost pepper has a delayed heat. So... Yeah, I I I can't give it an exact number, but it was surprisingly spicy. I I will say that. That so, would have been that chili was a eleven. Yeah, the that chili was chili, about an eleven. Yeah, the ghost pepper chili that like there was like uh-huh. a warning sign which I heated, but someone was like, "Just try one, just a little bit, just a little bit, right?" Always. <laughs> so I took like a little small. Sp- of it and your like friend teaspoon. insisted on eating a whole bowl of it just oh, to prove he could oh yeah it's like oh this is good next thing you know it like when we got back to your parents place she was like sitting there in the easy chair with like a bottle of pepto-bismol because <laughs> <Aww. laughs> he was just in pain it was bad but i just remember that because i was running into the church trying to find ice cream in the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was the restaurant challenge. Yeah, it yeah, overall good results. Uh yeah. but Edwin needs mercy. So our next <laughs> challenge. Okay, so our next challenge is and this is just I guess you say a juxtaposing version of the one we had last week, but instead of just because I just feel like I just need to, to detox. Right? Yeah, it's going to take one. a while. It's going to take a while, right? Um, we're going to we we're not going to challenge each other to go to to select the restaurant, like tell like Pam and Jeff to go find to go to this restaurant. Instead, we're going to challenge them, challenge each of, you know, each of us as a couple, right? To go find the healthiest restaurant available to us, available to us, and geography, you know, is not a thing for this yeah. one. So yeah. you can so, go anywhere in the Twin Cities if you want to go to Iowa. That's fine. I don't so, know if anybody wants to go to Iowa to so, try this thing, but so basically, what we're doing is we're trying to find ourselves a restaurant. That we could, if we were to need to go to our doctor the next day, we could tell them what we ate the night before. And, well, whether or not we're proud of what we yeah. ate, we can at least not be ashamed of what we ate. Yeah. In the words of a uh, YouTuber that I've come to watch all the time, we can proudly opine <laughs> to our doctors about. Edwin's been dying to use that word. <laughs> Um, so healthy restaurant like a place that doesn't have everything swimming in gravy a place that doesn't have everything processed super processed or served with tons and tons of carbs 
Just something that we would not be ashamed to tell our doctors we ate. Exactly. All right. So that is our challenge for next episode. Uh, so we're going to move on from there. Now, normally we'd up and tell you a story, but I was able to get a special guest to talk to us. Um, so Edwin, let's get this uh, interview rolling. Let's, let's listen to it. Hey, everybody. We're uh, sitting here virtually with Ross Leiser, uh, one of the major uh, contributors for Outlandish Adventures Productions on the Dungeon Masters Guild. I've uh, mentioned his stuff before, and we decided to bring him on the air so he could talk about his stuff, too. Uh, so, Ross, first, Pam? Yes, I'm here. Pam is here talking with him with me. To start off, you have in the Dungeon Masters Guild a lot of character classes. You've got um, magic items, spells, some optional mechanics like catalysts, and some uh, player races. When you start thinking about what to add, where do you even start? It actually depends on the option itself. Uh, the inspiration comes from different places. I mean, my favorite thing to write is full classes because it gives you a ton of room to experiment with like just entirely different class chassis. And some people use the word uh, scaffolding. Uh, I really like uh, experimenting with those things and not following the same molds when it comes to like what you get at each level. Uh, because there's a... In the PHB, when you look at the different classes, uh, you see uh, that half casters pretty much always get uh, spell casting at second level, subclass at third, uh, extra attack at fifth. I like experimenting and switching those things around. Um, so I'll just give an example. Uh, my Odic class, which is the only full spell caster I've written, uh, was actually created because of spite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to frequent a few years ago the Unearthed Arcana subreddit, which was getting more and more toxic. It's a homebrewing community, uh, and I, I no longer associate with it. But back when the Blood Hunter was re first released by Matt Mercer on the Dungeon Masters Guild, everyone was trying to make their own health based spellcasters. And when people kept releasing them, they kept getting like more and more like toxic about the feedback, just stop, this doesn't work, you can't do health-based spellcasting. So I spent 50 hours, 5-0, in Excel, making sure I had the right formulas to create balanced health-based casting. And that's where the Odic came from. But with the Accursed, uh, which is another, which is a, a half-caster that controls their curses, uh, that was very much about like, I was going through a very rough time in my own mental health life, and I was just kind of trying to be inspired with, I, I turn my struggle that I go through into my own strength, and I know a lot of other people do that with their own struggles. And so the whole idea with the Accursed came from, you take this thing that's so negative, and you turn it into something that is to your advantage, to your strength. Yeah, that's, wow. Well, the, I personally like the Accursed class, um, and, and, um, like you mentioned, like you had your spreadsheet to figure out the balance for your Odic class. Yeah. And um, I know that balance is really important to you. And you've, you've mentioned that in 
games and in postings and other things online. How do you personally go about making sure the classes are balanced? Well, the, the thing is, as much as I love taking the mathematical approach, and I, I was a math education major in college, so I, I do often take the mathematical approach, I also recognize that straight numbers don't always indicate balance. Um, be, uh, so what I often do is play testing, uh, see if things feel right in addition to being numerically balanced. Uh, and if sometimes those numerical balance figures that you do don't take into account real world scenarios. Uh, like white room doesn't scenarios, and that means like you set up a scenario by yourself with no players involved to uh, <laughs> to just check the balance of things, the intended use case scenario. But sometimes there are unintended uses uh, that will break the crap out of things that you don't anticipate when you're just by yourself. So I, I try to do play testing and I evaluate it both numerically and I try to, I'm also what I like to refer to as a recovering min-maxer. I used to min-max all my builds because I always loved optimization. And then I realized that that's not always the most fun way to play. Uh, but unfortunately, those skills have allowed me to uh, evaluate when things might be broken in a way that a designer such as myself might not design them to be broken. So some ways to, oh, we've got some video lag going on. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so on whose side? Our side. Oh, okay. Yeah, like. Our, our video, Pam, you, you're still holding still. <laughs> uh, Pam, would you like to grab the next question? Sure. Um, so what is your favorite class? And uh, um, why is it Sculptor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my favorite of my own classes or my favorite official class? Of yours. Both. Or both. <laughs> oh, that's like having you choose your favorite child um, <laughs> but of, of my own. Uh, I mean, the Sculptor was my very first class. It was the very first one I designed, and it invigorated in me the love of designing full classes. So, I mean, that, that will always be like my precious baby child. Uh, but probably my favorite class that I've ever designed is the Accursed, uh, just because it breaks the mold so deeply of what 5e does. Uh, because it is the only class that I'm aware of where you actually are given a drawback that you have to deal with at all levels of play. Like it, it never goes away unless you use resources to suppress it. And because of that, it let me do some really interesting things where certain levels were more powerful than otherwise uh, classes can be designed. So it was a really fun one to design. And also you can tell some really interesting stories with the subclasses because I allowed them to have so much of the narrative and power budget. Official class, and this one might surprise some people, given that I tend to love having these uh, uh, these creativity in the builds. I love fighter, um, and be and the main reason I love fighter is because it's so elegant. Uh, there's not a ton of mechanical involvement going on. The word count on it is very low, but it has a beautiful blank canvas onto which your subclass can be painted. Uh, and I mean, just fighter subclasses so highly affect the narrative of what you're going to be experiencing when you play. And I just love that about the fighter class. So classic yeah. fighter. 
Yeah, my husband uh, likes the fighter class too. Right when we think his turn ends, it's nope. It's there's like three more turns afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeff likes to play a blender. <laughs> uh, so going back to sculptor, I know you've been working on expanding that more. How many possible variations are there going to be? Um, with its current the way it's currently written, there are. Uh, I believe 20 different mana sources, or maybe it's 18 at this point. I've lost track. It's been a little bit since I've sat down and worked on it. And 21 subclasses. Um, sorry, 24. That's that's the one. There's 24 mana sources, <laughs> spell lists you can choose from. Uh, so it's a it's about a rough about 504 combinations when you're looking at just those two choices. That doesn't even include fighting style or spell choice. And more than likely, before it's released, I'm going to be writing more subclasses. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be a million combinations you could think of. <laughs> but I love that kind of thing where you can have an entire party that's made up of a single class and none of them feel the same. Right. Right. Would love to see that. We were supposed to have one of those happen, but it fell apart a little bit. Someday. Someday. <laughs> Um, and you're also uh, my DM for the Eberron game, so you know about uh, Valen and Pepper and Leonis <laughs> and Anemone, who have been mentioned in the show before. Um, and you've mentioned uh, that you are a forever DM. I, I know that you love Eberron, but I don't know which is your actual favorite setting to run. Like current so setting, the funny old thing setting. There is Eberron is the only official setting I have ever run. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I don't intend to run official settings because the way that my brain processes information, uh, if I didn't create it, there's no way I can I, I can remember all the minutia. Um, and I'm also a very heavily improvis improvisational DM. I, I like to react to what the players are doing a lot while well, having the idea of an overarching narrative. So I run almost entirely homebrew settings. Uh, so because those can change when I need them to. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Um, Eberin, so, but Eberin, I, all, I loved it from the first time like I heard about it. I loved the kind of almost steampunk-esque aesthetic without actually being steampunk. I love just the magical technology aspect of it. The Warforged I always found fascinating as a concept. Uh, and so when it, the book finally came out, I'm like, okay, I have an excuse to run a campaign now. And I might as well make, if I'm going to do a, a, a first official setting, it's going to be Eberron. So, <laughs> so I guess if, from an official standpoint, Eberron is my favorite setting. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So I've been told that there have there were a lots of NPCs in your campaign. <laughs> so of all the NPCs, which one has been your absolute favorite? That's another one where you're basically asking me to choose a favorite child. My goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, these hard-hitting questions. Uh, but... <laughs> So there, there's two NPCs that I've just really, really enjoyed overall. Um, one of which the party has spent quite a bit of time with, 
And I basically built them like they were a player character without actually being a player character. And this is a this is a guy named Gon Torn. Um, he is the dragon marked heir of Clan Torn of House Thrashk. And uh, he is he lost his mother and two sisters several years before the start of the campaign while he was out on a dragon shard expedition, uh, which is what uh, House Thrashk kind of does. They prospect red dragon shards. And, uh, but he, he grew up and he took that pain and he's like, I'm going to turn this into everyone needs to be protected. Uh, dra dragon mark or not, my dragon mark does not make me better than you. I will put my life down for you because you are traveling beside me. Uh, and he, he's like, he's a, very much, a, I'm never going to leave a person behind ever, um, kind of NPC. Um, and then the other one that the party is at least passingly familiar with, has become more familiar with, is a hag trio by the name of Mrs. Fortune. Um, it's three hags all pretending to be one hag. And they run a magic shop, a magic item shop called Mrs. Fortune's Magic Emporium. Um, <laughs> and Don't make deals with hags. <laughs> they talk like this and they're very kitschy. They intentionally make themselves look ugly and they feed into all the stereotypes because their shop is a literal tourist trap. Emphasis on the trap. <laughs> uh, and they are known to make deals and uh, tempt people into, giving, into getting their fortunes told. But they say that to make the fortune more accurate, you can give them a, a piece of your hair, a fingernail clipping, or even a drop of your own blood. And this is how they very much trick people into giving themselves, like, potent spellcasting components. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't even actually need them for the fortune-telling at all. <laughs> Dang but, it, they have, uh, I, I Through them, I have managed to get two members of the party to owe very extensive deals by tempting them with things that I knew their characters would want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I must say, you, you do very good at the voice acting for the hag. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, I, that actually comes from when I was in speech and debate in high school. Now, I didn't actually do the like uh, oratory prose or the debate part of it, but there were events called, um, uh, called interpretation of literature that I did. And that's when you take a, a book or a play or a movie script or something, cut it down to 10 minutes, you have no props, and you're all the characters. So it's all about pantomime and different body postures and different voices and accents. So I actually developed voices <laughs> and accents because of that. And it served me well as a DM. Nice. Awesome. Uh, for example, uh, Dagon's a kind of a, he does has a little bit of this kind of a New Orleans accent. And he's a, uh, and, and he talks, he's a little bit uh, tentative in the way he speaks just because he's not very confident. He's a cinnamon but, roll. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> Speaking of uh, any game, whether it's past or an ongoing, what's the most memorable moment that you've had in the game? All right. Um, I, I, I don't want to offend Angela here, but it's, it's actually not from Eberin. I love that <gasps> game dearly. But the most ridiculous and memorable thing that's ever happened to me in a game uh, was actually my second full campaign. It was in a homebrew setting. And the party, which included a dwarf, Oath of uh, Devotion Paladin, arrived at this town where it was basically a monster town 
Uh, it was all run by clans of like Etons and fire giants and orcs and all of this stuff. And then the lower caste were the goblins, which they just kind of they were used as manual labor and then gave them like the job mostly of stacking rocks so that to keep them out of the way. And the party discovered that none of the goblins had names uh, because they weren't important enough in the society to have names. I know, uh, horrible stuff. So the, the paladin, this paladin, uh, who, by the way, just fun anecdote, this guy used two shields. He didn't use a weapon. He had okay. two shields. Um, okay. He decided to take a goblin under their wing that seemed somewhat curious because they, they went in and they had a meeting with the war chief of the entire camp. Uh, and this goblin was kind of like just outside, just kind of curious. And like, and he's like, hey, you, come on in here. Come on. And everyone's like, but he's a goblin. What, what are you doing? He's like, oh, he wants to come in. Let him in. Uh, so they bring him in. And he takes this goblin under his wing. They discover this goblin doesn't have a name. He's just like, so what do you do? Uh, well, uh, they just have us uh, stack stones and then restack them so we don't cause trouble. All right, then your name is Stony. Um, and so he takes Stony. Um, he goes into uh, the he, they, he goes mining in the volcano the town is built right next to. Uh, mines some ore, uses his blasting proficiency to forge this goblin a full set of plate mail. Uh, puts it on, and then in my favorite use of heroism that I've ever seen, the heroism spell, slaps Stony on the back and goes. All right, Stony. here's what we're going to do. The next goblin injustice you see, you're going to go challenge them, and you're going to stop it. <laughs> so in a tradition that has since that has since been a tradition of mine DMing, is I'll, I'll, I'll say high or low, and I'll roll a percentile die. And based on how close uh, to being the high or the low, depending on what the player says, things would go very good for them, or things would go very badly for them. He said hi, and I rolled a two on a percentile die. So it was supposed to go very badly for him. Um, <laughs> and so what happened was an Etten uh, stepped on a goblin right in front of them, like not even caring. And Stony, empowered by heroism, unable to feel fear, um, <laughs> because that's how heroism works, uh, goes up and goes, hey, yo, hey, yo, you can't do that. Uh, what, what, what are you doing? What? You can't step on goblins. That's not okay. I, I'm just going to stomp you now. And so I roll initiative. And the party sits there the entire time. This was an in-person. <laughs> I literally roll this combat out between a challenge rating four Etten and a challenge rating one quarter goblin. Oh, no. With a long sword he's not proficient in, and plate mail that he's not proficient in. Oh no! And so I roll this out. The Etten keeps missing. <laughs> Etten's have like a plus ten to hit, and it keeps missing. <laughs> and this goblin, not proficient in this long sword, I'm pretty sure has a negative to strength to use this long sword, keeps hitting. <laughs> And we literally sit there for 30 minutes and we continue expecting this goblin to die at any moment. <laughs> and he doesn't. He kills the Etten. <laughs> <laughs> so instantly, of course, this goblin soloed Etten 
of course, gains like instantly four levels. <laughs> um, and decides that to follow in the footsteps of his mentor, he's going to become an Oath of Devotion Paladin. <laughs> now, oh, wow. the best part about... Th- so then he became Shoney the Important. He has a title now. <laughs> the first important goblin to ever exist. And what happens is, later down the line, they come back here and they encourage Stoney, who has been rallying his people in a revolt to be recognized by the other, uh, by the other like much bigger peoples, challenges the war chief to a single to single combat oh, and no. wins. Oh no! <laughs> and so Stoney is now the war chief and becomes their staunchest ally as they're dealing with the problems for the rest of the campaign. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome. He literally led an army for them. Like, he literally packed up the entire war camp. And was like, alright! For the party! And, just, <laughs> and that is the most... Mem- I mean, that goblin should have died. Like, 20 times over. Yeah. That goblin should not have won that fight. But oh, the dice wow. were kind. <laughs> oh, wow. And so, oh, and that, and now I hope you know that's why it, it can't be something ever. And I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to top that story. <laughs> fair. That is that is a, that's very fair. Like I've mentioned, our listeners do know about the current Everon group, uh, but I haven't exactly mentioned how hilarious the other players can get. Uh, so I I need to ask this question because I. Haven't exactly been counting. How many times has Leonis almost had you shoot your water out your nose? At least ten. I lost <laughs> Um I, I have a standing rule now that while Matthias is talking, I cannot drink water. <laughs> because you never know when something absolutely hysterical is going to come out of that man's mouth. <laughs> yeah, he, he does say some of the most ridiculous things. That- <laughs> And, and it's hard to even describe it, like to people that aren't there, because they're such spur of the moment, usually topical things, or they're just so random you can't possibly, like, you can't possibly take them out of context. <laughs> and, and he just he he always speaks so evenly, and it's like, where is that coming from? <laughs> yeah, he he is the flattest delivery. Like he's 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 almost monotone sometimes, and then it just comes out of nowhere. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> the players have Leonis and Valen talking together. <laughs> uh, yeah, you take this completely nihilistic, um, don't hurt yourselves. I know I'm going to have to heal you, but I don't want to because you're being idiots character. <laughs> That's Leonis. And then you take the most foolhardy, I don't give a single crap of my own safety. I'm literally a daredevil. If you dare me to do it, I will do it character that is that t- tends to tell false stories of his own aggrandizement and you put those two in the same conversation sometimes and it just goes off the wall <laughs> they, they they are fantastic moments this is like those those get going and you don't put in <laughs> um i like to think that we established our characters and their behavior pretty dang quick uh so this is this is like personal question. How easy to predict is our party? Um, in general, pretty easy. Um, 
I mean, one of my styles of DMing is I will intentionally throw several different scenarios, different types of scenarios at a party until I figure out their patterns of behavior. And then I will give them the illusion of choice, knowing exactly what they'll do. Uh, and that helps me create really compelling stories that feel like they're in control. Um, <laughs> this is how I get out my evil genius side. Um, <laughs> so I don't do it to people in real life. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so, But overall, yeah, because you all had such defined ideas of who your characters were, uh, you settled into a party dynamic really quickly, I think, compared to other parties I've DM'd for. So... And I have a good idea of your values. That's also another reason why I have people fill out the character questionnaires before mm -hmm. my campaigns. So I have a really good sense of who your characters are as people, what they care about. Um, so overall, yeah, you're you're not a terribly difficult party to predict. <laughs> well, on that on that path, have you had any like really wildly wrong predictions that you can share without giving me spoilers? Uh, from your group? Yeah. Um, not terribly, no. Um, especially in the early settings, like I know I was didn't have like a full read on all of you yet. Um, I would plan for several different scenarios, um, like just ideas of where I thought you might go, and for the most part, you've already chose. You've always chosen like one of the things that I thought. Um, something I didn't re expect was just how shifty you all were with the mayor. Because you all were shifty with the mayor of Sharn. My goodness. <laughs> well. So figuring out how he was going to react to you was actually a challenge. <laughs> well, you know, it's like we couldn't exactly figure out who we could trust. So, you know. Pretty much. It got to the point where he was like, okay, I'm going to give you what you need just so you'll get out of my city. You all are causing problems. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, character secrets and all. And yeah, I, I know, but the big thing is, I did not expect you to take the black dragon shard. Uh, for people that aren't aware, uh, it's a special dragon shard that I homebrewed that has special properties. But they found the first one that they had ever heard of, and to receive funding, they held a basically gala to show it off and try to uh, get funding from the people throughout Sharn, which made all the gangs aware of it, made all the houses aware of it. Uh, made the mayor aware of it, and suddenly a whole bunch of different <laughs> individuals and organizations wanted that shard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They got attacked by like three different groups of people that that very night for the shard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, that, was the, uh, that was the session where we ended up jumping off a bridge. Just remember, I'm... kids, if your friends do jump off a bridge, you can do it, too. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but only if one of those friends has Featherfall. Yeah, fe Featherfall is handy. And, uh, nice. yeah, it, it, <laughs> if you have a druid and a very slow-moving halfling, make sure that druid ends up a horse so he can get that slow-moving halfling, you know, over the edge of the bridge. <laughs> and also check for booby traps from invisible artificers that want your dragon shard yeah <laughs> yeah that would be a good idea just 
Always watch out for the, those invisible artificers. Never know where they'll show up or not. <laughs> Do you have any, like, before a session starts, do you have any like pre-session, like what's the word? Uh, rituals? Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, or routines. Yes. Uh, actually, yes, I do. Um, so uh, one of the things I do is that I'll always drink a caffeinated beverage. Uh, I don't drink coffee. It's too bitter for me because I, I'm actually a super taster. So I can't drink coffee because it's way too bitter for me. Um, but what I do drink is chai lattes a lot. and uh, And then in addition to that, um, I have a mix on my iTunes account that I call Verbal Aerobics, and it's a whole bunch of rap songs, primarily things that go or things that cause have really fast singing, and that helps me get my uh, mouth warmed up when I need to do like different types of characters and stuff. Um, so that has like uh, Lose Yourself, it has Can't Hold Us, um, it has a few things by Watsky and Twenty One Pilots on it. Uh, just, just things to just get myself ready to move my mouth in any way or quickness oh. that I need to. And that's actually a habit I picked up because I sang for literally my entire schooling. Uh, so from like literally kindergarten up through high school, I, I was in choirs. So it's just little things that you pick up and then just stay with you. D&D isn't everything. Tabletop RPGs are not everything. What are some of your interests <laughs> outside of D&D? A favorite, like, tabletop games or... Well, just anything. Your interests in general. <laughs> um, so, all right. Let me think. Um, I mean, I love board games and uh, different types of video games. Uh, one of my favorite board games of all time is a card play... Is a deck-building game, I should say, called Star Realms. Uh, it's actually designed for two-player. Um, and unlike a lot of deck-building games where you're trying to get points or different things. Star Realms, uh, some of the things you buy actually have damage on them. And your goal is actually to take out your opponent before they take you out. Um, so it's a much more like uh, proactive, aggressive kind of deck building game, which I think adds a bit more interest to it to me than just like, oh, I get five points. I get five points. I get five points, if you know what I mean. Um, right. In, in addition to that, I love my PS4 and my Switch. <laughs> um uh one of the most recent i've been on very much on a fire emblem three houses kick recently um i'm on my third playthrough of that i did uh black eagles root siding with edelgard and then i did uh blue lions and now i'm finally doing my golden deer playthrough uh and i've enjoyed all of them immensely i have like more than 200 hours in the game <laughs> <laughs> um let's see i also enjoy playing tennis and uh and i used to play ultimate frisbee in college as well um and i watch a decent amount of tv um i, I i'm a huge fan of sci-fi and fantasy mostly I, I i also read a lot brandon sanderson for life uh, <laughs> Uh, Brandon Sanderson and Robin Hobb are my two favorite authors, uh, both of whom just write amazing character-driven uh, fantasy narratives. Ross, I, I got to tell you, you can't see this, and Edwin's not talking because he's just playing producer right now, but he's just sitting there, just listening and just nodding. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'd be friends. Well, I'm glad I meet your approval. I'm glad I meet your approval, Evan. I appreciate it. I think we'd be friends in college. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, you mentioned for the first time uh, yesterday, actually, that you're a bit of a foodie. Yes, I love cooking and I am such a foodie. Yes. All right. So I got to ask. So kind of another pick a favorite child question. <laughs> um, what is the best restaurant that you've ever gotten food from, whether it's, you know, dine in or delivery or takeout? I'm going to cheat and give you three answers. Um, just because they're all distinctly different and I love them dearly in their own ways. Uh, unfortunately, none of them are nearby me. All of them are from places that I lived growing up and, uh, I'm not near there anymore. It's like a, more than an hour's drive for me to, <laughs> to get. Um, but the best Mexican I've ever had is a place in, uh, Chadsford, Pennsylvania called El Gran Rodeo. And their fajitas are absolutely to die for. Um... And then in Wilmington, Delaware, there's actually two restaurants, one of, one of which is called Mikimoto's. It is a sushi restaurant, sushi slash Japanese, where every bit of the walls is decorated with anime paraphernalia, like Inuyasha <laughs> nice. and all that kind of stuff. And they have this uh, sushi roll called the Hairy Mexican, which <laughs> I know sounds ridiculous, but it has the, it's, it's hairy because they put like actual real crab shavings on top of it oh wow um and it has tempura shrimp on the inside with a whole bunch of like just nice crisp veggies it's so good <laughs> and then the other one uh is a gastro pub and my goodness i love me a gastro pub uh even though i don't even drink anymore it's just because of all of the crazy food fusions um called chelsea tavern uh the very first time i went there i got this extreme this i'm one of those people where if I see a really weird food item on a menu, I have to try it. I, I know what you're talking about there. Because, like, it wouldn't be on the menu if it if the chef didn't approve, you know? Right. Right, And so right. I saw this weird item on Chelsea Tavern's menu the first time I went there called the Autumn Pizza. And it is – it didn't have pizza sauce. Um, it, it wasn't covered in cheese. It had like it, it was almost like a margarita in the way that they had like slices of mozzarella on the pie. The sauce they used was this sweet potato like puree with cinnamon and nutmeg, and it had walnuts on it and and arugula, and it was absolutely incredible. And then they also had what they refer to as Texas nachos which uh, they actually put barbecue pulled pork instead of like taco meat onto this incredibly packed nachos. And I just, I fell in love with the place. Oh, and everything wow. I've had there has been divine. It's all so weird and beautiful fusion. And it's <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> I, I want to try those now. <laughs> all right. All right. And since I'm sure you've been cooking for yourself a lot lately, any, do you have a favorite new recipe that you discovered or? Um, not really. A lot of the time, uh, just because of like spoons, uh, right. I've been going back to old favorites. And one of my absolute favorite things that I cook is a chili recipe that I have been iterating on for more than a decade. 
Nice. Um, and I discovered in doing this, it's a slow cooker chili recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered that it's better without meat in it. I've tried turkey. I've tried beef. And then I tried it vegan one time, and I'm never going back. Wow. Um, so it is a five-bean portobello mushroom chili. Oh, wow. Um, yes. Yeah, so I use uh, dark red kidney beans, pinto beans, a great northern black and black beans, and then my personal favorite that those people for a loop, garbanzo beans, otherwise known as chickpeas. <laughs> they have they have these like great little pops of flavor because they absorb the crap out of all the spices you put in. Oh, uh, but yeah, but here Edward is nodding again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so easy. Um, I mean, I don't even have measurements because I just throw all the ingredients. I also use diced onions, of course, and tomato, uh, diced tomatoes and tomato uh, paste. I combine all that and then I use garlic, chili powder, cayenne pepper, uh, cardamom, sorry, not cardamom, not cardamom, uh, cumin and coriander. Those are the two I'm thinking of. And then I'll spice the taste. I'll literally come back to it every hour and a half and taste it as it's cooking for eight hours and just reseason as necessary. Nice. Um. Edwin is already formulating how to put that together. Uh, so the big thing, the big advice for it that I've actually found is it's actually better if you do stagger the spicing, because then you have some spice that's partially cooked and you'll have various phases of how cooked the spices are. It actually makes a much deeper flavor to the chili. No taken. No, definitely taken. Edwin, are you writing this down? And, and, and <laughs> he's, he's nodding in agreement. I mean, he's got it. He's got to edit and sound ba- sound balance this, so he's going to be hearing, and he'll probably play through all that several times. <laughs> okay, last question I've got: um, When things can safely open up, what do you most want to do? Like want, not need, just want. Okay. Uh... You know, this is going to sound so silly, but um, when I was in college, I discovered a place called Sky Zone um, that I went to with a bunch of friends. And it is an indoor trampoline park. And I just wanted to get all of my friends that I miss so dearly and drag them. And we're going to just go bounce on trampolines just and, and just do tricks and then play trampoline dodgeball, which pretty much every Sky Zone I've ever been to, I've ever been to has, a do- has, a, has a trampoline dodgeball court. Um, <laughs> and just, just, just be silly. That's- just go hug my friends, be silly. And that, that, that's what I've been really wanting. <laughs> that sounds like a fantastic time. <laughs> Fingers crossed on that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm settled in. I, it's probably still going to be at least a year before it's yeah. actually safe to do anything. Yeah. But <laughs> but still, that that sounds like a grand time. I'm just starting off with being a DM, and so far I've been enjoying it. Uh, what advice would you have for a newbie like me? Um. So I'm not sure if this applies to you, but I know that when I when I see people first time DM, they fall into one of two categories. Either they massively overplan, or they massively underplan. Um, and I, so, and massive overplanning is, is like, okay, I'm going to spend six hours planning for every session I run. 
Uh, and I think that's a mistake. My general rule is if you're spending more than half the time that your session runs planning the session, then I don't think you're going to enjoy it quite as much, especially if the players don't take your plot hook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with DMs that underplan, what I mean for that is uh, they didn't have a very solid foundation of like what the campaign was going to be, and so they end up having to make everything up as they go along. The way that I have learned, at least for the way I work, is I get the entire world and prominent NPCs planned before I start running any game, like before there's even a session zero. And that way I'm ready to improvise when the players do whatever they're going to do. Um, and so here's the funny thing, uh, and Angela is going to probably be shocked when I say this. For most of the Eperin sessions, I spend 15 minutes before the session planning them. I, I do find myself a bit shocked, yes. <laughs> there are some sessions where I prepared things much more in depth, but the average session I spend 15 minutes before the session, re re like, reviewing my notes. I am shocked, sir. Absolutely <laughs> shocked. I, I am not shocked. Edwin is Edwin would like to note his lack of shock. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I do know there was that one session where you had zero notes for the for the session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you I mean sometimes the just brain gets in the way. And you're like and it used to be up front. Oh you sit down and be like, okay, I have no idea what I want to do this session. Have fun. <laughs> was was that was that a shopping trip session or was that on the boat? I think that was on the boat. Oh, I remember. It's because you all had an itinerary. Oh, yeah. Of what you wanted to do on the boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the players set up an Excel spreadsheet and, uh, and added it to a Google Drive that everyone could access. And everyone wrote down the scenes they wanted to do on the boat. So I had to do literally nothing. <laughs> All I had to do was when a scene felt like when one of the things felt like it was winding down, I'm like, and scene. Well, now we're going to move on to the next one on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when the players take initiative. Oh, it's magical. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all the questions we've got for you. Thanks again so much, Ross, for joining us. Um, let's see. Uh, where all can our listeners find you? Uh, so I have a Discord server, uh, which is the uh, Atlantic Avenger Productions uh, OAP Discord server. Uh, you can find a link to that on my Twitter. I am at Outland Advent PR. I know it's it. The Outland Adventure Productions couldn't fit in the at tag. Mm. I'm so sorry <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, and I also have a Patreon, uh, Outland Adventure Productions on Patreon, where there's a bunch of different tiers. Where uh, either you could just be a person like, hey. Uh, I think your work is cool. You can support it, or you can uh, get access to the ideas and suggestions document where you can see what I have planned coming up and uh, also suggest your own kind of subclasses that you might want to see in development. Um, and then I also have creator tiers, which is where I will review your work once a month and give you feedback and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, um, I am Ross Lizer on uh, the Dungeon Masters Guild because uh, I hadn't figured out my branding when I first set up that account. Uh, but yeah, you can find me in the Complete Handbook series with Benjamin Huffman, or, or you can find me with the Sculptor class, the Accursed. If you type in the Accursed class or the Sculptor class, it'll pop up. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the first one, and uh, you will be release releasing a new ver a new version of those files soon for purchase with even more subclasses, more options, and more lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, one of my big upcoming kind of. Uh not even projects, but series of projects that I'm doing is a remaster series where I'm taking all the things that I designed literally almost four years ago at this point. Uh, and I'm bringing them all up with my modern design sensibilities and adding a ton of new content like themed magic items and NPC stat blocks and all that kind of stuff. The first one of those that will be released is the Sculptor Remaster. And then I also have a full uh, ninth class, which is a second spellcaster, the Shaman that I am working on as well. Yeah, it, it is going to be amazing. Uh, so yeah, listeners, if you're looking for third-party content, definitely look them up. It's it's amazing stuff. I mean, I've taken one of his uh, classes. I can't say which one because... Aberrant people don't know that yet. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they know something <laughs> funny is going on. <laughs> anyway... Thanks again, Ross. Uh, thanks for taking your time to chat with us and divulge <laughs> all your secrets. Bah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, uh, Edwin, Angela, Pam, it was very nice talking to you all. And uh, Edwin and Pam, it was nice to actually meet you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pleasure is ours. All right. Thanks, Ross. Take care. Thanks, Ross. Yeah, you all too. Bye. Bye. Right, bye. So that was our interview with Ross Leiser. Uh, thanks again, Ross. If you're listening, uh, we enjoyed talking to you. Uh, he was an interesting dude. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like He seemed down to earth. Yeah, he, he's, he's a nice guy. Uh, definitely worth every penny that gets spent in his, uh, in his uh, Dungeon Master's Guild shop, I guess. Uh, I just... I just I I've never talked to the guy. The only time I've seen him was when I had to do like tech tech troubleshooting in your when you couldn't get your mic to work or something like that. Or, yeah, you know, I was being stupid. And I'm sitting there waving to him. Hi. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's nice to finally hear hear him speak. You know. And so, but yeah. Um, after the interview, I had a chat with him. And uh, he said that he enjoyed his time talking with us. And if we ever want to have him back on the show again, he'd be more than happy to join us. So we look forward to talking to you again, Ross. You might have to do some voiceovers or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he is a character and a half. And in, in Dungeon Master's terms, that's pretty literal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... We have one last thing we're going to have fun with to wrap up. Uh, Pam, you've got a game for us. Edwin, you've got a sting. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So Pam's got a game, and I am not very familiar with this game, so I want to have Pam explain it to us. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I am... I, I, like, I like word games, so... We were just talking, just off air, and I just noticed on how cer certain words are pronounced differently between the three of us. So, this is a little game as to see 
how each of us pronounce certain words. And we also have, uh, we're using dictionary.com as kind of like a control. To, to, figure, out, to figure out the official pronunciation. Uh, I gotta so, pull up dictionary.com. So, so, okay, I will come clean. There are a couple words that I can't pronounce. <laughs> like the scientific, the, uh, the drug name for Tylenol. Acetaminophen? Ac- acetaminophen. Yeah. <laughs> See what we're talking about? <laughs> I, I was learned that it was called acetaminophene. Eh, nobody knows. And also the long, the long version of hippo. Hippopotamus. <laughs> You're doing the Filipino way, aren't you? The hippopotamus. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so that's reason I just like I was like, oh, that, look, it's a hippo. So, so what we're doing, Pam is basically going to uh, paste it into a chat that we've got going so we yes. can see the word, and then you're going to spell it for us? I'm going to spell it for the listeners. I will send it to you guys so that you can so, see the word. So Angela doesn't have to remember the spelling that's yeah. gone on. Like, can you spell that again, slowly this time? You know? <laughs> yes, use it in a sentence, please. <laughs> can you use it in a sentence? All right. All right. So the first word... <laughs> Oh, I see the dots. So the first word is C-R-A-Y-O-N, like a Nancy. I want to have you're, you're going to have a giggle at me again over this one. <laughs> if, it's, uh, if it makes you feel any better, Angela, my husband has the same issue. No, he doesn't, because I only, I pronounce that one syllable. I pronounce it crayon. No, he does it too. He does it too. The he only yen, a, crayon. crayon. You're still doing two syllables. Crayon. 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 Yeah, yeah crayon. I just crayon. crayon as in cranberry. Where's the crayon? Crayon. <laughs> Actually, I would say where's the crayons. So I do it too. If I do it in a sentence, uh, no, and not even thinking about it, crayon. You're. St- it still's got that subtle second crayon. syllable in it, yeah. or it's yeah. just me. It's just so, that solidly one. Right. So, Edmund, what does dictionary.com say? Crayon. Crayon. <laughs> I, I, I can't say crayon. It's, it's crayons. Get, okay. get the box of crayons and just go color. All right, next word. <laughs> E-F-F-I-C-A-C-Y. Efficacy? Efficacy. Is it Efficacy. 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 The efficacy. I always get this word mixed up with efficiency. Where (laughs) efficiency, you know, it's the the F. Efficiency. All right. I think it has to do with the E. Efficacy. In efficiency. This one doesn't have an E. All right. After the C. Hey, dictionary.com. How is it supposed to be pronounced? Hold on. Oops, sorry. Efficacy. So it's efficacy. Efficacy. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, dictionary. All right, next word. C A R. You're going to giggle at me again. M E L. Mm. (laughs) I think this is just to spite Angela now. No. (laughs) Oh, she'll get to yours. 
Well, I don't know what, what Edwin's are. I got him with the hippo. <laughs> <laughs> I say it caramel. Jeff, Jeff says the same thing way too. I say caramel. I was. Where's the caramel? Yeah. Yeah. Caramel. 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 I want to make some caramel. I I need some caramel corn, or I I need a caramel apple. Just give me some caramel. That's a mountain. See, there's there's there's. <laughs> There's also variations of how you say it, too, because we say it as three. You say it as kind of like two. You say it as caramel or caramel. I for me, it's caramel. This is caramel. Okay. You know, the funny thing is dictionary.com actually has Has three different pronunciations. Caramel. Edward, can you play it? Just go with what's being played. Caramel. I Caramel. feel like it's neither any of ours. Play it again. Caramel. 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 Is she saying caramel? Is, is there? A, caramel. Does it pronounce the other ways? I don't know. Because I've heard it pronounced caramel, caramel, or caramel. Okay. Caramel. It's no. only going to give us that one pronunciation. It's going to give one that one, but it says here caramel, caramel, and caramel. Okay. Those are the those are the three that it has in terms of a phonetic spelling. Hmm. So okay. I guess Angela is right. It, I according I am, to dictionary.com, well, Angela if, is right. If if not right, then at least I'm not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right, this one I always have issues with. A-C-A-I. Oh, because it, it usually has that little swoopy thing underneath the with underneath the C. Well, I hear a lot of people saying it incorrectly. I believe it's supposed to be acai. Acai! acai. <laughs> I forgot where it gets. Is it, it, is it really a high I? Acai. acai. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because it's got the... It's got the... Um, the yeah, Sante, accent. And goo on the on the top of the eye. Does dictionary.com have it? Yeah. Oops, hold on. Acai. 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 Okay. <laughs> I so, forgot where I got that from. I want to say that was like a... It, it might have been you and me talking one time like, I've been pronouncing this wrong for so long. It's supposed to be acai. Acai. Yes, yes. So a lot of people pronounce it Akai or Asai. I, you know what? When I first saw this word, I actually I pronounced it Akai because I was sitting there going like, the phonetic, without the without the uh, the squiggly the squigglies, right? I mean Akai because you know, yeah. Well, since we're on the <laughs> a foodie. Binge here. S A L M O N. Salmon. Salmon. <laughs> Is I say it's salmon. Evan. That's that's salmon. Salmon. Yes, yeah, salmon. I know my dad. I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but he says salmon? it with an L. Salmon. 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 And sometimes he just over exerts himself and say, "Yes, can I have the Solomon?" <laughs> Solomon. 
So, Pam, how do sure. you which, say it? Which mic do you want? You say salmon. salmon? Yeah. But okay. it always, you know, ticks Jeff off whenever my we we, we sit down and order. <laughs> my dad orders the salmon. Jeff is like, what? He's <laughs> like, that's how it is. Okay. Here is oh, the I, official. I don't know how to spell that. The official pronunciation according to dictionary.com. Salmon. Woo! Yay. All right. <laughs> I'm paranoid now, though. <laughs> All right. This is actually two words, but it is a proper name. N E W space O R E O R L E A N S. Am I just going first automatically now? Sure. <laughs> Since I've been going first? New Orleans? Which one do you want? Do you want the it's... French version of this name? Or do you want the French because pronunciation? your pronunciation. Okay, because... Yes. <laughs> I'm just wondering because, you know, Orleans is Orleans. But <laughs> no, New this... Orleans. Yeah, that's how I say it. New Orleans. Yeah. And, I've you know... Some people say you want like a mesh of it, like New Orleans, or I can't say New it. Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Let's let's get the dictionary <laughs> uh, pronunciation for it. New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Mm. New Orleans. New Orleans. Not sure. New- it's like a Uh-oh. mesh of all the pronunciations <laughs> for it. All right. I'm not how- sure about that. <laughs> All right, a couple more. Uh, how about it's another proper name? C A R I B B E A N. These are where the pirates are from. <sighs> I I have two different pronunciations that I flip flop between. Caribbean, Caribbean, and Caribbean. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sure I pronounce it badly. If anybody from if, if anybody from there is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I pronounce it Caribbeans. <clears throat> to be I, fair, I think I flip flop between Caribbean and Caribbean. Yeah. If it's I, if it's I, C, I, I think it's it Caribbean. Like the Caribbean islands. Okay. And Caribbean cruise. And Caribbean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Caribbean, the because Car- I think yeah. that's how the commercials are. They say Caribbean, don't they? I, I think the commercials do say it that way. Yeah. Who if knows? Any- they haven't done a cruise in a while. Yeah. Anyway, if any of the listeners, of, uh, we're going to have to search for that. For that <laughs> now, because now I now I don't know. What does what dictionary does- say? Caribbean or Caribbean. Oh, oh no! Ooh, there's two. Okay, if if we do have any listeners from the actual region, could you t- could you somehow find a way to tell us if it's a Caribbean or b Caribbean? You can email us uh, at dungeontiners at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter also, with our hand with our different handles. Also. Also, those that are from New Orleans. 
Please. We would like to know what you say. Yeah, so like take a little get a little sound bite for us, send it to us at uh, dungeondiners at gmail.com. And then we'll know for real how it's supposed to be. <laughs> should we should we do a couple more or we'll do one more. Alright. C O U P O N. Coupon? I say coupon. It's coupon. I say coupon. coupon. Because it's coupe, which means to cut in French. That's nice. I'm not French. <laughs> I say coupon. <laughs> so it's coupon. I'm, I'm, it's okay, Pam. I'm sure there's plenty of people who pronounce it the Other same way. Other people say coupon, so I stand by what I say. <laughs> There's there's a couple of words I'm surprised you didn't grab onto, but there's actually a long list I did, but we only have time for those. Okay. Okay, here and we go. Coupon. <laughs> yes. Thank <laughs> you, dictionary. <laughs> I stand by my coupon. <laughs> <laughs> Among the other words that came up uh, during the conversation that brought this game up was. Uh, let's see, Crick versus Creek. Crick versus Creek, yes. Because apparently I have the pronunciations flip-flopped. Um, and Creek. Now, which one is which one is that? What's the meaning of that one? Because Creek and a Crick are A stream or channel words. in a coastal marsh. Oh, you mean a Crick? You, you creek. mean the Crick? Creek. The Creek. There is such a thing as a crick, like a crick in the neck. Oh, yeah, or you get a crick in your neck. The other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I do the same thing with Jeff with suave and sav. Yeah. And <laughs> English is interesting. That's, yeah. That's all I can say. Another, another word that uh, got looped in there was ambience because my brother's. Thank you, good Sir Knight who says knee, for helping to make sure I never pronounce ambience right. We just gave it away. <laughs> we just gave away. <laughs> we never hid that. We never hid it? Oh. No. No. We did. no, he knows who he is. <laughs> All right. So I hope you had fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> Another word I can never pronounce right is "bolivdivum" because yeah, what? Bolivdivum. It's it's a it's belly button. What is that? No, it's it's with it's spelled with M's. But my first time trying to say it was trying to help one of my brothers for uh, study for a quiz on the periodic tables. At <laughs> Okay. I can't pronounce it right because I had a stuffy nose the first time What's I tried to save it. What's the? <laughs> uh, I think it's like MB or something like that. Okay. But I had a stuffed up nose the first time I tried to say it, and every time I tried to say, it, he's like, "Now what was that again? What was that word?" Malabdabub. Um, I'm gonna have to wow. look that up. <laughs> It's it's one of the radioactive heavy metals, I think. Okay, so 
For Angela's <laughs> sake, do not talk about radioactive. Oh, <laughs> so. boy. All right. So. All right. Not, a, not until I start trying to talk about it, and then you're going to have to help me figure out how to say it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our show. Okay. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Now I'm all flustered from all the mispronunciations. But we're still glad you came and listened to us. We're glad you joined us. Where's my music? Oh, my music is there. (laughs) After we turn down the volume so we can actually hear ourselves over it. And now I can't hear it. (laughs) You've been listening to Dungeon Dining and Dorks. (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) <laughs> That's not All even right. the name of hey, show. So in order I'm to <laughs> Where can we find you in the Yeah, social? where can we find you, Angela? I'm on the Twitterverse at Pleasant Doom. Um Yeah. Okay. You can also so, find yeah. her you can also I'm... find her on uh on Twitter. That's it. <laughs> well, soon I'll be f- I'll, you can find me other places uh We've got a website coming soon. Hopefully, it'll be posted by the time this gets published. It'll be yes. legendcreators.com where you can find... Legend Creators is going to have a home, finally. Yeah, we're finally going to have a home. Uh, the <laughs> website will be Legend Creators, and you will find uh, information about Dungeons, Diners, and Dorks there, as well as Hello Hello Hangouts, our other show that Edwin and Pam host. Uh, it Pam, where can they yeah. find you? You can find me on Twitter at PandaCatDragon1. You could also find me on the Instagram account for Dungeon Dinings and Dorks under the handle PandaCatDragon. Edwin? Uh, you can find me at TCD's Edwin on Twitter. You can find me at Edwin... Uh, what's my name? Edwin on the, on the <laughs> Facebook um, also, you can find us, yes, again, um, Pam and I host another podcast called Hollow Hollow Hangouts. We just uh, interviewed the president of the CSFA, the largest Filipino community here in Minnesota. You can catch that uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or you listen to this thing. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, yeah, thanks again, everybody, for listening to episode 43 of Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. We'll see you next time. Bye. And the music just is done. The music died.